My name is Thais Gibson, and I'm the co-owner and creator of the Personal Development School. This is your daily breakthrough video, and in this video, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what deactivation is for the avoidant attachment style individual. Um, so first and foremost, we can think of anxious individuals as often being in their activated side, meaning that they feel this like a sense of neediness, and they have something called activated activating strategies, these these subconscious excuses in a way, for lack of a better word, to try to get closer to somebody else. These subconscious like ways of meeting their needs for closeness, for safety, for certainty in a relationship. And sometimes those things are productive and sometimes those things are counterproductive. And by the same token, avoidant attachment styles have a deactivating side. And these are the subconscious excuses to sort of maintain the relationship to themselves, to create space between themselves and somebody else, usually to meet their needs for safety, for closeness, for connection to self, where they feel like they have some form of control. So it is more related to like feelings of safety, feelings of control. Um, and a fearful avoidant who's in the middle, right, can activate or they can deactivate. And I'm sure most of you guys are familiar with this at this point who are watching this channel for a while, but for anybody who's not, those are some of the patterns that exist. Now, why these things happen are because of two key reasons. Number one, we have needs that we're trying to meet. And when we're in a triggered mode, usually it's because a need is unmet that we become hyper-focused on. So maybe for example, a pattern shifts in a relationship and an anxious preoccupied individual says, oh my goodness, why is the pattern changing? What does this mean? I feel a lack of certainty now. Where are we at? What if the love and connection is gone? So those unmet needs spark a behavioral coping mechanism. But this is doubled down on essentially when we also have some kind of painful narrative that exists. Now we get these narratives because of past imprints, because of unresolved traumas emotionally from our past. And if we have a narrative as an avoidant attachment style that says something like, um, you know, people will try to trap me in relationships or vulnerability in a relationship doesn't do anything positive. It just gets me hurt or something's wrong with me. And the closer I get to somebody, they're going to see that I have some kind of defectiveness about me. If we have any kind of painful imprints like that, now we have this unmet need. And in the case of an avoidant attachment cell, that unmet need may be something like independence, autonomy, safety, control. And then that's coupled with this belief that somebody in a relationship or somebody close to me is trying to take that away. They get closer to me. I'm not going to have my autonomy or independence. They are, you know, getting, they're requiring more vulnerability in the relationship. That's unsafe. It's taking away my safety. So this unmet need combined with this painful belief or narrative somebody has that again comes from a past experience because maybe in childhood, whoops, there goes my microphone. Sorry. <laughs> because maybe in childhood, that's what happened. Um, then, th then basically this is what's going to compound in present day. And that's why like subconscious reprogramming is so important because if we don't reprogram these old narratives, or if we don't come up with healthier ways of meeting needs that are consciously determined, not determined from a past thing that worked for us at some point in time, that's now a painful mechanism, that's a painful coping mechanism that's outdated. So for example, maybe it got my needs met to throw a temper tantrum in childhood because my parents coddled me or, you know, this didn't happen for me, but, but let's just say, right. 
then, you know, I go into my adult life and I just throw temper tantrums everywhere. It's an outdated strategy. It doesn't work as an adult just because it works as a child. Just like maybe avoiding vulnerability in childhood was some kind of thing that was okay, you know, and kept you safe if you didn't have emotionally available caregivers. But maybe if you want to have successful relationships in your adulthood, you have to sort of come back into balance and have a healthy amount of vulnerability. So we have these unmet needs and then we have these narratives. And so this is what deactivation is basically made up of, the triggering of some kind of fear of a need not being met combined with some kind of painful story we tell ourselves. So you can imagine maybe a dismissive avoidant is going through their work week and they're just not getting enough time alone and they're not kind of like re-equilibrating and coming back into balance and feeling recharged. And then somebody says, oh, let's spend the whole weekend together and go away. And maybe they really care about this person in a relationship, but then they go, more of my independence and autonomy are going to be gone. And then they start telling a story. Oh my goodness. You know, this person expects so much from me. They want me to be vulnerable. That doesn't feel good for me. They always want all my time and energy. They're going to trap me. They're going to require so much commitment. I'm going to lose my independence and autonomy altogether. And so you can see like a combination of stories coming out of this. And that's what deactivation is about. Now, the interesting thing about this is that when somebody's in a deactivated mode, usually what they don't realize is that there are stories that they're telling themselves that are literally untrue. Um, that are solvable problems because somebody can say, hey, you know what? I've had a really busy work week. I feel a little bit exhausted. Let me like really spend some time on Friday evening and all day Saturday properly recharging and just really spending some time to myself and kind of like regaining my balance and, and that time. And then why don't we have, you know, some time together on Saturday evening? And, you know, maybe I'll even need Sunday to myself still as well. But Sunday evening, I'll put like my phone away. We'll just be really present with each other. We'll have a great time. So there's ways of like getting clear. Oh, these are my unmet needs. And then also being able to go into that dynamic and say, okay, and my stories are not necessarily true. Like the person's probably, if we really look and we hold that story into the light, the person probably isn't coming into the relationship dynamic going, I can't wait to trap them all weekend, or I can't wait to make them vulnerable so they feel unsafe. Like those are none of the intentions. That's not what's actually happening. Somebody just wants to spend more time together and you are afraid of what that means to your needs. And then you create a narrative about it and blame the other person. But it's a solvable problem. If you can get clear about what your needs are that you're trying to protect, if you can come up with healthier ways of getting those needs met, like what properly recharges you or equilibrates you significantly more quickly. And then let me also question these stories I have about my partner or loved one trying to trap me, trying to take my time, trying to, you know, make me commit and I'm going to lose my relationship to myself accordingly. So, so we have to like sort of question some of these things. Now I have an incredible tool. It's like my favorite tool inside PDS. It's something I've used on my entire healing journey. It's called the emotional processing tool. It's our tool for self-soothing. It's our tool for dealing with basically anytime we're triggered, whether we're in a deactivated mode an activated mode, whether we have something that triggers us throughout the day, anything like that. And that tool is the, in the first course I always recommend everybody takes inside PDS. It's called the emotional mastery and belief reprogramming course. And it helps us identify what this stuff is made up of, understand where these wounds come from, what you can do about them, and then actually take the steps to, to create significant change very quickly. And doing this repetitively also reprograms this stuff because it stops it from coming back as we fire and wire new ways of approaching things as these old neural pathways and old patterns atrophy. 
over time. So if you want to check that out, um, I'll put a link in the description box below to um, check out the, the all access membership pass. And that gives you like basically seven days to check it out. You can, you can try it. You can dive into the courses. If you're not head over heels in love with it, then we have a money back guarantee. So I highly recommend if you find yourself activating a lot, deactivating, having trouble self-soothing, not knowing what your core wounds are and struggling to have the emotional literacy to really communicate effectively in your relationships so you can solve problems and feeling frustrated and like you're not seen and heard and understood, that's a sign that you probably aren't communicating that effectively. Yes, it can also be that somebody is not hearing you very well um, and not emotionally available, but it can also be that we're having a difficult time really um, facilitating healthy communication in a relationship. So you can check, I highly recommend checking that course out first. If you're struggling with any of those things above, it helps you identify your needs, all those different things. And you can do a deep dive, check it out. Um, and let me know any, any other questions you have in the comments below here. And thank you so much for watching. Thank you for being here. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're getting a lot of value out of this channel. And I will see you in the next video.